Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. He is the voice of the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. You can doubt the Chiefs! You can dislike the Chiefs! You can disrespect the Chiefs! You're gonna have to deal with the Chiefs! With an iconic touchdown call that echoes throughout the kingdom. He will walk into the end zone! Touchdown, Kansas City! It's 4 o'clock on Monday, which means one thing. Mitch Holtis joins CDOT on the drive. Hey, how about those We are very happy right now to be joined by Mitch Holtz, his voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. His appearances are brought to you by Silverstein Eye Center. Achieve your best vision and experience outstanding patient care at Silverstein Eye Center. Mitch, there's a lot to talk to you about. You missed your first game a couple of weeks ago. Brutal. How that went, yesterday's game, the penalties, the officiating. There's so much to talk about. Me and my Tech 9 coat. Look at you. You're looking very stylish Nine. Now, Tech 9 set me up. So I think he sent one to Pat, Kels, and me. So I appreciate it. Shout out to my man, Tech, Red Kingdom. So yeah, I, got, I got some cred today. I never know what to expect when you come in studio. Let's start with this. Are you surprised that Patrick responded in the way that he did? He no. is maybe the most composed person that they have on the team. He had no, a meltdown I, in a way yesterday. Well, I, I wouldn't call it a meltdown. It might be a boil over. Um, I just think it's a lot of... He stayed silent. He stayed silent. He stayed silent. And I felt like he thought he needs to get his message across. Here's what, if we're going to, I don't want to talk about officiating in this whole segment, but since it's dominated the conversation all day, here's my concern. 
The offside on Tony is defensible by the officiating crew. Okay, I think that's probably been determined. However, it overshadows about six to eight other instances that would be harder to defend. And let me just give you a few. One, they misspotted a punt where the punt goes out of bounds. You ever see, like, the side judge or the back judge waits because the white hat, because he can't, the, the side judge doesn't know where this ball's going out of bounds. He's looking straight up. Well, then the fight breaks out. So the dude leaves his spot. He throws his hat down because Buffalo's got a guy that goes out of bounds and comes back in. Then, instead of waiting for where Cheffer says the, where the punt goes out, he goes running up to break up the fight. They don't know where to spot that punt. The Patrick Mahomes, oh, it's an incompletion. Oh, it's not. Or, no, it's a fumble. Let's review it. It's an incompletion. How do you call that a fumble? And here's what happens on that play, CDOT. Both Buffalo guys and Chiefs guys, it's a continuous play. So Creed Humphrey runs 20 yards up the field to try to tackle the dude. And that's how you get guys hurt unnecessarily. Like, I don't know how you defend that call of, oh, that's a fumble. Because then they review it, and I imagine New York's like, what, what are you thinking here, boys? The neutral zone infraction against Chris Jones. What? What did we do there? Did he flinch? Did he jump into the neutral zone? No, we're seeing that called against the offensive players all year long. Spencer Brown kind of tried to sell it. So there's just a whole bunch in this game that are going to go by the wayside because, oh, no, we got the offside against Kadarius Tony right. What's your, I guess, understanding of what Tony's supposed to do? Because it seems like there's a lot of controversy about whether he looked to the official or whether he didn't look to the official. At first, Andy said he did, and then Tracy Wolfson. It's, it's, it's been a lot. What's your understanding of what Tony's supposed to do in that scenario? What's his responsibility? Here's what I have seen through the better part of 30 seasons in the league. The X receiver who's on the line of scrimmage, the X receiver, now, KT doesn't always play a lot of X. Any X receiver will look down the line and point at the official, either the down judge or the linesman, depending on who's on which side, and say, am I on or am I off? The official will usually say, on, off. You need to move up or move back. They'll, they'll tell you. What Coach's point was, and I think it's a really good one, and this happens all the time, is 19, hey, 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 hey. Back up a bit, 19, because it's not any advantage or disadvantage to the defense when you're a split receiver like that by yourself because the the defense knows you're an X receiver. You're on the line of scrimmage. So you're not gaining an advantage by lining up a half foot forward. And so usually the official will go, hey, 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 19, back up a bit. Or tell coach, hey, 19, get him to back up. 19, back up. Okay, now it's different. Well, they'll call it right away if you cover up an eligible receiver. Let's say the tight end and the wide receiver line up on the same side and the wide receiver doesn't line up and off. Okay, you're cu- now you have deceived the defense. That's why they automatically call it. They won't warn you on that play because the defense can't really tell who's eligible and who's not. So the defense might line up in a way that they shouldn't because the tight end's ineligible to go out. So they automatically call it. You see it all the time, illegal formation. But if it's a single-side receiver lining up as the X, many times they will say, hey, 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 back up a bit because there's no advantage-disadvantage in the play for either team. 
You called it a boil over. How much do you think the I, anger? I wouldn't say a boil over. I just think it was a buildup, maybe. Yeah, and uh, how much of it do you think was directed toward the officiating? How much do you think it was just frustrating in how they're playing? This team has lost four of its last six games. This offense has scored less than 21 points in eight of its games this year. This offense is not performing to anybody's satisfaction, and usually at this point in the season, we are we are two weeks away from Christmas. You normally are feeling like this team is starting to play with a little bit of momentum and starting to figure some things out. It doesn't feel like that right now. How much of it do you think was in that individual moment directed towards the call? How much of it do you think is frustration with the way this offense is played? I think it's more toward the call because we're not done yet. Everybody acts like it's done and that they can't fix it and maybe catch fire this week against New England. I think that's where Patrick's head is, is, okay, it's continuing to, we're pulling this rope here, and this is a hard pull. But I don't think that's what kind of got it over the edge. I think it was more the calls, and not just that call. I think it was a series of calls that he stood silent for weeks and and finally just had to let it fly. So um, – I think it was more about the officiating than he's, he's trying to fix the offense along with everybody else. Right now we're talking to Mitch Holtz's voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Just from gauging calls that we've taken today in the text line, I think fans are mostly frustrated by the fact of it feels like a broken record, that we have heard Andy and we have heard Patrick talk about we got to execute, we got to execute. Well, the penalties continue to remain an issue. Turnovers continue to remain an issue. A fumble yesterday, a ball batted the line of scrimmage that turned into a turnover, a costly penalty that wiped one of the most exciting touchdown plays in Arrowhead history off the, off the board. I think a lot of the frustration amongst fans are, we've heard you say this, Usually, your actions are backing it up. Like I said, normally at this point in the season, you're starting to get it. I think a lot of fans are maybe upset that these words seem a little bit empty and a little bit hollow, that the problems that the Chiefs keep identifying that they have, we haven't really found many solutions to any of them the first 13, 14 weeks of the season. And that goes back to my point that it's not done. I mean, there's not that this book isn't finished. They're not closing it. And I understand I mean, I've called all but one of these games. And so, yes, there's something that throws the train off the track, whether it's a hold. Uh, uh, we have Rashi on the night, and he had the fumble near the 50-yard line. Now the Chiefs come back to end up scoring in the next possession. But it's – yeah, there's stuff that keeps reoccurring. But I guess I have hope and enough belief in Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, Matt Nagy and others that – I don't think, and maybe it's a false hope, but I don't think it is, that it won't continue, that this thing is going to hit positively, that they will have um, a game where they don't have the, the play that takes them off the track. What, what is apparent is this year, and we know this, is the margin for error is slight. It just takes one hold sometimes to throw off and turn a touchdown drive into a field goal drive. We saw it again last night. So it's just a matter of... The screws have got to be really tight this year because the margin of error is slight. I'm really, really curious to see what kind of fight they have against the Patriots. Rob and I were just talking about this before you got here. There haven't been many bad days, I would say, during the Patrick Mahomes era. They got thumped that one game on the road against Tennessee where they were never really in the game. The second half against the AFC Championship game against Cincinnati, losing in the Super Bowl. Like we can point to, there have been some some low points through this, but for the most part, things have been great in Kansas City over the last five years. 
Yesterday was one of those bad days. How they handled the call on the sideline, Mahomes' actions, the press conference, the loss at home, four out of six. I would say that yesterday was one of those bad days. They got a month left to do what you were talking about. They got a month left to figure it out, get on the right track, get to the playoffs, and see if you can turn this thing around, so to speak. And win the division. That's got to be – there has to be more of a discussion about winning the division. Just because we've won seven in a row, oh, it's no big deal if you win eight. No, it's a really big deal, especially since Denver's right there. I mean, they are now knocking on the door. Win this division. And that means, going to your point – but that means a very keen sense of getting it done this week against New England and taking this week by week. I think they'll come out blazing against New England. And I think there's enough data there of six years of Patrick Mahomes and 11 years of Andy Reid to you would have to really argue against me otherwise. I'll be stunned if they don't come out flying against New England. That's where I am. I'm really curious because every time that they have faced this level of adversity, For the most part, they have always responded effectively. Whether it was the second half against uh, Cincinnati, they turn around and win the Super Bowl. Whether it was that loss against Tennessee, that was kind of a spark for them. The Patrick Mahomes injury, once he came back, they went on a run and went to the AFC Championship game. Anytime that this organization has been faced with adversity, they have instantly turned that negative into a positive. I'm really interested to see if they can do that one more time with everything that's happened over the last month, month and a half. And the challenges there have been also to try to get this fixed in playing really good teams. But two, the dynamic that you have, Buffalo had two weeks for that game in December. It's even different than October that the Packers had 10 days. The Patriots have 10 days for this game. It's like the Chiefs are trying to figure out how to bid their or a hand, but They're like, we're not going to give any face cards to do it. You better get four of a kind with sixes. That's what it feels like. Now, that's not an excuse. That's just a very real thing. Spag said that Green Bay showed things he hadn't seen. I think Buffalo, especially defensively last night, was doing things they don't normally do. They're 26 in the league in the amount of times they blitz. They were the first team to basically play Patrick Mahomes in 21, the way everybody's been playing him since then. They blitzed last night. Twists turns they put in new defensive stuff for this game and had two weeks to do so now you got Belichick with a good defense who's got 10 days so to fix this is going to take even two steps probably because you're dealing with that dynamic and you can't ignore it it's not an excuse if we're going to talk analytics that's an analytic the fact that I'm getting two weeks to prepare for the show and you're getting four days It's a major reason why I picked Buffalo to win the game. The fact that they were coming off a bye week and they are just a healthier of the two teams. I think the Chiefs win that game if they have Isaiah Pacheco yesterday. One thing that we talked about on Friday was this offense has three explosive offensive players. And if you're going to remove one of them, you needed one other player to step up and have a really good day. You needed 75, 80 yards from another player. I thought Clyde was fine. Kadarius Toney actually wasn't that bad yesterday aside from the penalty. But this team, they don't have enough explosive parts. And I know it's football, it's next man up. I don't know if they have that next man up that can give you the 25-yard physical run that can really galvanize the team the way that Isaiah Pacheco does. I thought they really missed his explosiveness and what he brings to a team yesterday. I'm going to tell you what he brings. Now, we also saw the impact of Jarek McKinnon. And when he misses those games, like the Packer game and he's out, that's a big deal. 
to take him out of the third down two-minute equation and how he can affect a game positively, we saw it last night. And hopefully he's going to be up and running for the rest of this go uh, ahead of us. But Isaiah Pacheco in the AFC has 58 first downs going into this week. He was third in the league. Tyreek Hill is one. Two is Travis Etienne. Third is Isaiah Pacheco. So to your point, you take Tyreek Hill out of the Miami lineup, looks a little different. You take Travis Etienne out of the Jacksonville lineup, looks a little different. Even Keenan Allen's on that list down there. So the point is Isaiah Pacheco has a huge impact on this team, and so hopefully they'll get him back sooner than later. We have one month left in the regular season. What do you want to see from the offense? I mean, this defense has played pretty consistently. Only one team has scored more than 24 points. They didn't lose that game because their defense wasn't good enough. I know they continue to put themselves in early deficits, but if you're going to hold Buffalo to less than 21 points, that's a game you feel like you should win at home. What do you want to see from the Chiefs over the next month? It has to be almost playing pristine football. One, I saw some encouraging things last night. And when I reviewed the video this morning, first of all, Wanye Morris had a heck of a game, I think. Now, there's he gets beat by Von Miller on the play that I was talking about where they said it's a fumble, but it's really an incompletion. But Wanye brings athleticism, and he brings an edge. He plays left tackle with the same edge that Tooney, Trey Smith, and, and Creed Humphrey do on those interior three. He watches block on the Jarek McKinnon touchdown. First of all, Trey Smith is his mentor, pancakes his dude, but watch his block on Greg Rousseau on the touchdown. Just go back and find it and review it. So that's a big positive with Wanye Morris, and I think moving forward that will help because he will block to the whistle, and he'll get a second-level block either in runs or screens. His play on the screen that went to Clyde for 20 yards, go watch that play. He comes all the way across the field. That's his athleticism. So that was encouraging. With Rashi Rice, what I saw last night, including the touchdown, was tight window catches. If there's, We can talk about the drops this year. It's a pertinent discussion. But the tight window catches where the defender is there, but Patrick's going to put the ball in that quarter of an inch where it needs to be. Catch him. The touchdown was a tight window catch at the back of the end zone. That was not an easy play for Rashi Rice. There was another one where he makes it on the sideline. I even called it on the air. I go, tight window catch for a double-digit play. That's what I'd like to see from the offense and then just understanding with taking the screwdriver and go, no penalty on this drive, no holes on this drive. We're going to get 75 yards, and we're going in and get it done, Um, much like we saw in the Raiders game once that thing got calmed down. We saw it in the Chargers game at home. Uh, we saw it in the Dolphins game when they had to have it early in the game. So, but having that be the norm, and because it's going to have to be a nine-play, 75-yard deal this year. It's just the way it's going to be. But just lock in and nothing to derail the train. No penalty, no drops, no fumbles. We're just locking in here double-double. You weren't here last week because you uh, were sick. What was it like to watch the Chiefs on television? It's a Wonderful Life, George Bailey. I was watching but listening because uh, I listened to every word of the entire broadcast, starting with the three-hour pregame. 
it was like being lifted out of my life. And very strange circumstance, very humbling. God has a way of humbling you. And, but it gave me a whole new appreciation for everything. When you do something for 30 years and never miss, and counting my other prior to the Chiefs, 43 years and never miss, you're so involved in it that to have a chance to back up and look at it from afar, it's like I'm hanging from a drone watching and listening you get a whole new perspective. I went into that game and throughout the week when I was cleared out of, out of protocol on Wednesday with a whole different attitude. And it was one of appreciation of everything and everyone that has to make this stuff happen because it takes a lot. The other thing, I was kind of exhausted going, man, the stuff I do every week over and over and over again, once you get in and you just roll with it, but then you get pulled out going, wow. I have got to run a 10,000-meter run every week. So there was that dynamic, but it was, it was not easy, my friend. I mean, I've told you before, I think the thing that, like, really stands out to me when I get a chance to listen is how much of a machine that you guys have and how precise it is. Like, as someone that does this, and obviously very different skill set, but just the music hits at this time, you do this read. Like, it is a factory the way that it is. That like the fact that you've been in it and you had the opportunity for a night to just sit back and listen to how it is and like I do this every you know what I mean like I, I do this every single week it just had to be crazy and I know I know you you're a really energetic person this wasn't a week eighteen they don't need it game this was a night game at Lambeau Field you might not ever call a game at Lambeau again who knows what happens I know it was burning you up to not be there last week it was way crazy burn up. It was, it was like the astronaut that gets taken off the flight, but you're sitting in master control. That's what it felt like. And not even that. You're sitting at home watching master control on video. But you're right. It is a machine. And like Danny Israel leading the way as executive producer, there's so many people. When I read all those names at the end of a broadcast, and people kind of just blow it off. I'm just telling you, it takes so much. And we're proud of it. We think we're the best one in the league. Just, just drive around a weekend and listen to Sirius. You'll get every, every league broadcast. I'll put us up against anybody. But it is, it's a rocket ship, man. And it rolls, and it's tight, and it's energetic, but it's, it's there every week. And it takes, a lot, it takes a lot of energy and effort to pull it off for everybody. Right now we're talking to Mitch Holtz. His appearances are brought to you by Silverstein Eye Center. Achieve your best vision and experience outstanding patient care at Silverstein Eye Center's you get a chance to uh, bring Rasheed Rice into the belly of the beast today. He gets a chance to meet Weird Wolf and all the people that come out for Chiefs Kingdom today. I know you're excited for tonight's show. I'm really excited. First of all, if he gets a touchdown, he'll set an all-time Chiefs record for seven touchdowns by a rookie, and it's a pretty good list that he'll surpass. He's now tied with six. But I think, and again, it's a it's a matter of Rasheed just tightening, tightening up his game. Like the fumble yesterday was the thing that, that uh, is, his, is his mark against him. But there were so many green checks that were good things done. I just think he's on the verge of, of coming big time. Um, and he's so explosive with yards after catch. What we have not seen yet, Dot, is his personality. There's a lot of personality to that young man. And tonight, we'll kind of get that for the first time and let it, let it, let it hit. 
That is the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Mitch Holtz is joining us in studio to recap yesterday's game against the Buffalo Bills. Mitch, it's always an honor to get a chance to talk to you and recap the game. Headed to Foxborough, man, and I'm telling you, it's a big deal considering what I talked about with the 35, first time 35 years, a team teams have had 19 extra days to prepare. The fact that the, the uh, Patriots get 10 extra days, but I told you, that game being reverse flex to noon on a Sunday – could mean the difference for the Chiefs, even still getting the one seed but winning the AFC West. Win the division. That's the battle cry now for everybody in the Chiefs' kingdom or should be. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.